3617, respond to report of shots fired. The Coroner Talk podcast takes you behind the scenes with coroners, clinicians, and death investigators from around the world to provide training, news, and interviews from leading experts in the area of death investigation and scene management, bringing real stories and solid training together in one source. Now, here's your host, Darren Dake. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Coroner Talk, the only podcast in iTunes dedicated to you, the death investigator, and those in supporting roles. You know, that is who I'm dedicated to is death investigators. And we've got a lot of exciting news to share with you today. Things are changing across the country when it comes to training, how we get trained. And the Corner Talk podcast and Death Investigation Academy has been at the forefront of making a lot of these changes. Lots of stuff going on. I want to kind of walk you through some of these things. I want to tell you about a new monthly membership for training. You can't afford that maybe do a lot at one time, but there's also, there's some training that you can get on a monthly basis. And also, the one of the biggest news is I want to put out is the certification program. And certification for medical legal death investigators, I want to explain that at length. But first, I want to remind you that it is the end of June, 1st of July this, this week, as this comes out live. And We've got some training coming up in July. The Medical Legal Death Investigation Online Academy it comes starts July 14th. So if you haven't registered for that, you need to. We also have a, a surface and buried body clandestine grave recovery class going on in July. It's a live three-day class here in Missouri. Um, we've got forensic anthropologists coming in to teach the class and, and to help with some uh, site digs. A little bit of class work, a whole lot of field work. So if you're interested in that, of course, you can go to uh, the training tab and, and uh, find out more and get registered for that. Uh, October, of course, is our medical legal level one here in Missouri. Uh, we always have see people from multiple states. This year, it's kind of interesting that we're going to have investigators from the Virgin Islands that is flying in for this course. And it's going to be interesting because we get to network and talk to them and see kind of how people from different states and now even from the Virgin Islands, how they do death investigation on the police level and things like that. So it's going to be a really good course in October because we're going to be a really well mixed. And they all are. We have it March and October. It's always a well uh, mixed group of, of men and women from different fields and different states. So uh, that's coming up in October. Lots and lots of training that, that we host here in Missouri. And if you want us to come to your state, I can come and teach a specific course. We can also do some online training, uh, meaning some virtual training where you put your investigators into a room. I can be piped in across your monitor and I can stay in Missouri and we can train on these same topics and you still get a good credit for that. So interested in any of that, you can find all that out at Death Investigation Academy. Look at the training link. You can find the Academy link, of course, from coronertalk.com. It's all tied together, and you'll be able to find out all of that information there. So before I get into talking about this whole certification program, this new certification program that we're a part of, I want to talk to you about uh, the monthly membership We've done a lot of things over the years with Coroner Talk about monthly membership and trying to provide training. And one thing that we've come up with now through the Death Investigation Academy, again, we are linked for one, really one entity, but two entities in one. The Death Investigation Training Academy now has a monthly membership program. Here's what that means. For one price a month, you get a new course, a new course, an online course put into your dashboard where you can take an online training course. 
It's ABMDI qualified. You you get your, your CEUs from that, plus you, you get certificates from that. You get all the credit as you would any other of our e-courses, but you get a new one every single month. But that's not just all you get. You also get a non-dynamic version of the new Death Investigator magazine. And what I mean by non-dynamic is going to be a PDF version. It's going to look the same. You're going to read the same, but you're not going to have any of the links and the uh, dynamic version that you get when you're a subscriber to the magazine so you know it's not going to be as interactive it's going to be a little bit one-dimensional but it's still going to look the same and have the same information in it so you you get that as part of that uh like i said an online course every month you also get a uh, some exclusive discounts from vendor partners so we've partnered with a lot of vendors that provide things for us uh, not only for our store, but also some, we've negotiated some perks for you that if you're a member of the Death Investigation Academy, then you can purchase some of these items from these vendors. Or maybe even through us, depending on how it's worked out. But you get it at a different rate. You get it at a discounted rate uh, because of your membership. So that alone might save you in your membership cost. And then, of course, every uh, there's going to be uh, every month there's going to be a, what we call an after hours roundtable. And what that is, is that'll come out, and we're going to try to get consistent uh, time of the month, but it may vary just a little bit, but you'll be, you'll be well in advance notified. And we're going to have a roundtable where I'm going to come on live, you can log in live, and we can have a discussion on anything, maybe on, on advancing your career. You might want to generically break a case down for us. You don't have to tell us names or anything, but you can break a case down, and those that's online with us at that time can talk about that and maybe uh, give you some ideas of where to explore that. And we'll also talk about training and education, just whatever you want. It's going to be a time that is just probably going to be in an evening throughout the week at some point where you can log on with me and with others in the community and just have a discussion. And that's only going to be for members we also are going to be putting out bonus videos and certain resources and things like that that will be loaded into the dashboard available for you to get that no one else has access to. So this is going to be exclusively to you. So what we like to say is membership has its privileges. And, you know, to answer a question as to why we're doing this, this is, this is all other thing that we do generally comes out of a request from listeners and students. And we don't always act on it with one or two requests. So we, we put it in an idea bank and we want to do it. We, we want to make everybody happy, but of course you can't make everyone happy. But you know, if one or two people says something, that's great. That's what worked for them. But as multiple people tell us the same thing or, or about the same thing, we realize, well, this is something the community wants. And that's what's happened with this. So we have had people ask us, hey, you know, I would like to take some of these courses but to take the whole program is fairly expensive, and I don't have time necessarily to dedicate to that. But if I had time once a month just to get a new course, then I could do that. And then over time, I would have all of my ABMDI. If, if you're a member of ABMDI, you'd have all your ABMDI credits. You'd also just have educational credits as you go along. And you wouldn't even have to think about trying to sign up for something. It would just be a new course come in. And some of the ideas about discounts on our vendor partners and maybe even some bonus stuff even the after hours thing that's all come from listeners it's all come from listeners just like you and students of other courses that has asked for this so it's take it has been a really busy first six months of 2018 but we've got this put together so we think it's something that me and the, and the team that works with me thinks it's something that's going to benefit you greatly we've had other students look at it we've had people try it they think it's going to be a fantastic thing 
So, you know, it's something that our, our, my goal, my goal personally is to get as much training to your hands as possible. Because I've said this so many times, it's on our website and I talk about it so much, is that there is a gap in death investigation specific training. There is that gap. There's there's a lot of police training out there, handcuffing, driving, whatever, okay, police stuff. And there are some generic investigation classes. That is true. But training that is specific for the death investigator, the coroner, the police investigating death, the medical examiner investigator, uh, you know, even even private investigators or attorneys, anybody that's wanting to learn about death investigation specifically, there's just not a lot out there. Now, there's some tied to colleges, but it's a different animal. It, it, it's not really based just upon what the investigator does at scene level. And so we've worked for a long time to, to get more and more training into your hands. And this membership program is just that. It gives you pretty well access to everything the Death Investigation Academy offers. Again, if you want to go to a class training here, if we host it in Missouri or we host it somewhere else, then you'll get 20% discount off the Academy class. So let's just say, for instance, that I go to uh, Pennsylvania and we're hosting a class in Pennsylvania and you are a member of our Academy. As a member of that Academy, uh, of our Academy, you get a 20% discount to come to that class that we're hosting. Now, if, if I'm speaking at a conference, let's say in Ohio, well, that's their conference. They've, they, they have uh, brought me in to speak. I can't, I can't adjust their rates. Okay. But if it's a class that we're, that we are co-hosting with someone or that we're hosting with someone, which we do all over the country, then yes, you'll get a 20% discount. It doesn't have to just be in Missouri, but of course, all the Missouri classes, if you want to come in for those at 20%, you know, that can, that can be your hotel rate maybe or something. Uh, the bonus videos and resources, those are going to be things that there's going to be certain training videos put out. Uh, we're going to try to let you uh, have exposure to some new courses that we're going to have so that you can kind of critique those. You can get some first training before anybody else. And then uh, after hours thing, talked about that. There's just, and there's more, there's just so much more little tiny details in the membership, but it's something you want to check out. The, the best way for you to look at all of this is to go to ditacademy.org slash membership or you can just go to ditacademy.org and click on the e-learning options and you'll see those options there uh, they're going to be linked in the show notes we're going to have links to it at coronertalk.com that's an easy one to remember coronertalk.com you can link to everything there uh, if you're on a mobile device you can find it right there on your phone if you go to show notes they're going to have links to all of that you really really want to check this out because this can be something that is just for a, for a low monthly cost it isn't just it isn't patreon and i have a few patreon supporters and i love you guys thank you very very much if you're listening you know maybe you might want to just stop your patreon and move over to here because here you're going to get more benefits than what you are at patreon Right. So I, although I appreciate you greatly, I would rather you be getting more for what you're giving to us. So move over here. That would be fantastic. Uh, so you're getting something for it. And I want to give back. I, I guess we have to support things. Yes, it takes money to, to, to do training. It takes money to pay people to do this stuff. Yes. Yeah. All of that's true. But at the end of the day, it's about providing opportunities for you to receive ongoing training not only to help standardized training across the country, but also to help you do a better job. So again, go to the website, cornertalk.com. 
And you can then link over to the Academy, link over to the membership, things like that, and find out all of the information there. All right, another topic I want to discuss with you today is where the podcast is going. So, of course, we're not ending the podcast. In fact, we're making some some changes to actually make it uh, better. Uh, we're, we're trying to move around and get some different guests and, and some more guests. And so one thing that's been happening over the last uh, few months, I guess, is that during this transition of trying to get the, the memberships done, the certification testing done, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, uh, getting moved into our new academy building and, and our new studio, recording studio, things like that, you know, it, it's just taking a toll on trying to do everything. Well, well, we've got somebody in place to help with that a little bit more, and we're going to start uh, having some new and different guests on the on the podcast. Uh, maybe change the format just a little bit. Not not 100% sure how that will be. But, you know, for those of you that's been with us uh, for a long time, from the beginning, some of you, I thank you for that. And if you're new and you're just checking us out and you haven't had very many episodes uh, under your belt, you know, you can go back in the archives over the last several months or year and see a lot of things that we've done and talked about. And those are going to continue and we're going to expand on that. Um, I ask for a little bit of grace. I know podcasts aren't necessarily like a radio show where or a television show where every week at a certain time something's live and whatever. I, I get that. But we do try to stay consistent. I try to uh, be every single week if I can, know that we've missed some. But we're doing a lot of changes, and we're going to just make it better. I mean, we've been at this four years now, and after four years, there's obviously some things that, that need to change. And so with that, I would love to hear from you as to what things you'd like to like to see change. Now, I have had some comments over the years like uh, somebody told me that the podcast was okay, uh, but my voice sounded like nails on a chalkboard, and if I would shut up more and let the guests speak more, then they could listen to the show but they don't like my voice. Well, kind of tough to uh, be a podcaster behind a microphone and uh, not speak. So if you don't like my voice, then you're probably not listening, uh, but I can't help my voice. And then I've also had people tell me that, um, you know, my grammar isn't very good and, and the way I talk and the way I say things sometimes is distracting. Well, that could be. Uh, but again, I'm really just like you. I'm an investigator. I do this job. I also, of course, teach a lot and things like that, as you know, and, and operate this academy. But I'm also an investigator. So I haven't spent my life getting a master's degree and Ph.D. in English so that I can speak right. You know, I'm also a southern Missouri boy. And uh, I guess in some ways you would call me a hillbilly. And so, yeah, I'm sure that my grammar isn't exactly right. And I'm sure I probably rub people the wrong way in some of the things I say, because sometimes the words I use may not fit exactly uh, where they should be. Uh, but that's because I'm human, and I think that you are too. So it really, those are the only two negatives that I've had uh, for the most part. So what that, that brings me to this. If you have ways, if you think there's ways that we can improve the show, uh, me and my team can improve the show, I would love to hear it. I want constructive criticism. I mean, if you don't like my voice, sorry. There's no sense in you telling me that. Uh, so, and I don't need trolls and I don't need haters. I need real thoughts. I need real heartfelt, 
honest opinions of what you think could be done. Maybe topics, uh, maybe certain guests. Maybe you have a friend or maybe you have a colleague or somebody you know that would be a great guest for the show. Uh, maybe you have a, a specific series or, or a topic that you would like to, us to go into that might be two or three shows worth. You know, you're the you're you right now with the sharing your time and your head headphones with me and your earbuds with me. You are the one that's the most important, not me, not me on this side of the mic. You on that side of the mic is the most important. And what can I do and have my team do to help you get better trained on these podcasts and, and be more successful? That's that's what I'm wanting to know. Uh, anything you can come up with, uh, let me know. Just You can go to cornertalk.com, click on contact, and just send me an email right from there. I'll read every one of them, um, answer most of them, if not all of them, and I'll take everything under consideration and help to improve this show. So give me a little grace as we move through so much that's going on at the, at the same time here. And then the then last six months of 2018 is going to be basically spent on just building on what we have, not starting anything new uh, with the membership program and certification program. That's enough. And so we, we certainly want to build on that, which means now we can start focusing more on getting podcast guests. If you're somebody that's listening right now that has written a book or that teaches a training class or you're an expert in something and you say, well, what is an expert? You know, I've heard that an expert is somebody from 50 miles that carries an, a briefcase. Well, I mean, I guess that could be considered an expert. I've also heard the definition that an expert is you break the, he, the, the the word down is an expert. So it's a drip under pressure. Well, that could be maybe. However, what we need to, to, to focus on here is what do you have that you can give? And if you have any knowledge in a topic, you can train somebody. Now, if you've been at it for six months, you might not be able to train on on the overall. But everybody has something to train on. And, you know, you think, well, I, I you know, I'm not very good. I, I don't do this. I don't know that. Well, you know, in, in the in the land of the blind, the one eyed man is king. Right. So let's say you've been at this business five or six years or, or even maybe three years. I don't know. And you happen to be, you know, really knowledgeable in blood spatter or you happen to be uh, trained in interviewing techniques or you happen to be trained in, you know, s- the social work of dealing with the grieving or uh crime scene investigation I mean, or whatever. I mean, there's all kinds of things that, that you're an expert in. Expert means you can take a group of people and teach them something. Maybe new recruits. Maybe you teach at the uh, police academy and new recruits. You obviously know more than them. So everybody has something that you can teach. I could have three anthropologists on the show in a row, and all three of them would tell say something different or something new, even though they're all three forensic anthropologists. Right. So it isn't about the topic being uh, talked about. It's about how you put your personality into it and what you know. So if you have an expert like that uh, yourself, an expertise or something, drop me a line. Let's get on the show. It'll also build your career. You'll get a little exposure. It'll just put you out as even more of an expert than what you already are. And, and, you know, it's fun. You come on the show, you help to train, and you'll have a good time doing it. So let me know if you have something to share or if you know somebody that can share. And let me know anything you'd like to see on improvement of the Corner Talk podcast. Okay, now let me get into uh, the big news of this episode. The big, big news. Oh, what? But let me, before I get into that, let me go backwards. 
The Death Investigator magazine. Of course, if you are a pre-subscriber to that magazine, your first issue will come out in July of 2018. And then, of course, every month from there. If you're interested in a Death Investigator magazine, hold off just for a little bit. Uh, once we get the first issue live, then we're going to start opening it up to where we can have new subscribers. It's in a little bit of a flux where uh, we have a lot of people that uh, helped us with the Kickstarter campaign by jumping in and sponsoring it early and subscribing so now we're getting it designed and getting it set up through ios and through google and through all these other places so that it can be pushed out correctly and then after that then normal normal and common subscribers methods will be used at this point though we're not taking any new subscribers but if you have subscribed you will get your episode in july and every month thereafter and then we'll open it up there so the death investigator magazine again something else that we've been working on that now goes live in july so it's that's a fantastic thing and i'll talk about it more as it actually is live for new subscribers. I don't I don't want to really be talking about every issue and then you can't subscribe to it. So I don't want to dangle something out you can't get yet. You are either a pre-subscriber or you're going to have to wait another two or three weeks and then you can subscribe. But let me move on to this certification exam. Now here's something that I know. Over the years, I have, of course, been in death investigation for many years and I've been teaching and been involved in in multiple states and multiple agencies and and one thing is for certain, there is really no standardized training across all states. Some states are medical examiner states uh, with a centralized medical examiner office and in state broke down into regions. Some states have a mix of coroners and medical examiner regions. Some are all coroners. Everything is different. And then when you get in within the state, it may be a full coroner state, but in each coroner county may train a little different or require something different. And a lot of state laws, when it comes to coroners and deputy coroners, the requirement necessary is pretty low. Now, for the most part, I think every coroner and deputy coroner out there is doing the best job that they can. Training is limited, which we all know this. This is what we're here for is to help with training. But then there's this whole argument about should we delivery, uh, alleviate coroner system for a medical examiner system? Well, I'll only speak into that briefly. You know my feelings on that, that the medical examiner system is not any better of a system than a coroner system. And the reason that is is because the medical examiner investigator is just as trained or not as the coroner and their investigators. The medical examiner in most situations is either administrative position and or the guy or girl that is doing the cutting. So they're, at the, they're doing autopsies while the investigators are out on the scene. And if you're a coroner and you think a body needs to have an autopsy, then you send it to a forensic pathologist and in most cases a medical examiner. So it really doesn't change uh, the system. It sounds better for the media to say, well, you know, we need to go to a medical examiner because a medical examiner is a doctor. But let me tell you something that I won't tell where, but here's what I know to be true fact. I know of a medical examiner system where the medical examiner of that district, of that area, is anti-coroner. Huge, huge anti-coroner. Now, I know in most coroner counties around this medical examiner, coroners arrive on most every death scene. 
Now, they may not go for every nursing home. They may not go for every hospice, but they are notified. And a lot of them go randomly, depending on the hospice call. But on any other case, on any other situation, 99% of the time, the coroner or coroner investigator, deputy coroner, is on the scene. Now, in this one medical examiner district, again, a huge anti-coroner medical examiner, here's how they do most of their cases. There are several counties made up in this medical examiner system. You have, you're a police officer. You go to the scene. You find a dead body in a house. You, of course, make your dispatch contacts, the on-call medical examiner system, and the investigator calls you back. What do you have? Well, I've got a you know lady upside down in the tub, you know, blood everywhere. You know, what about da, 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 ask a few questions. Okay. Well, do you have FaceTime on your on your phone? Okay, yes. Can you can you turn on FaceTime? Can we talk on FaceTime so I can see it? Um, can you take me some pictures and text me some pictures or shoot me some video and do, um okay, all right. Um, well, what about this? Can you roll the body over and check for me? Look for this and look for that and do a body exam for me. Okay, what do you see there? Okay. And then they say, well, okay, maybe we better go ahead and bring her up here and I'll, uh, we'll do an autopsy. Uh, I'll call, I'll call for a transport team. They'll be by in an hour or so to pick the body up. And so we'll bring it up here. Or they may say, well, you know, if you don't see, if that's all you're seeing, it don't look fine. That's fine. Yeah, just go ahead and release to the funeral home for the family wants. Now, that investigator didn't even come to the scene. Oh, I know. It's a big district. You got five counties. And, you know, it may take you an hour and a half even to get to the scene because, you, you know, they have very little investigators. So they have to do it this way. Can you tell me how in the heck that's a better system? But it sounds better for the media. Okay. Off my high horse. Now, the whole point about this, can, about this exam. So one thing that doesn't exist is standardized training throughout now, I have worked with a lot of professionals. Uh, we created a, an examination board, and we have created an, a certification exam that is given by a third-party entity, and it's a proctored exam. So here's how this works. I'll tell you how to qualify in a minute, but if you're qualified to take this exam, then uh, and, and I, we're, we're giving the exam to not only working professionals, but also students wishing to get into the program because... That's where we're lacking a lot of training is those wanting to get in. But this exam is a 225-question exam, and there are six categories, communication, interactions, ethics and professionalism, identifying evidence and property, investigating death, job-related stress, and scientific knowledge. Those are the categories, and of those categories makes up a full 225 questions. Now, here's how those questions were vetted out. So I got a team together of professionals to look at these questions and to come up with them. And so, of course, I'm on that team. And you know Anita Brooks. She's a common trauma expert, international trainer and speaker, author. She deals with job-related stress, mental health. She's been on the show before. You all are familiar with Anita Brooks. She deals with that side of it. Then we have Dottie Owens. Now, Dottie Owens is the coroner at Ada County, Idaho. And Ada County, Idaho is the biggest county in Idaho. And her office, since she has taken office, they have gotten double credited by both the uh, International Association of Coroners and Medical Examiners and the National Association of Medical Examiners. So 
and and, and they are only the third agency in the nation to be double accredited. So there are some medical examiners or coroner's offices that are accredited by one or the other. She is only the third in the nation to have both accreditations. That's an accomplishment. She's a great coroner, runs a runs a, a large coroner investigation office, and so uh, she knows death investigation. And then uh, we have Paul Parker. Now, Paul Parker, you know, has, has been on the show years ago, but he's been involved in death investigation law enforcement work his entire life. Uh, he is a former assistant coroner in Clark County, Nevada, which is Las Vegas. And so that's a very well-known organization there. He is currently an executive officer with the San Diego County Law Enforcement Review Board, Citizens Review Board. Um, what they do there is they look at uh, deaths involving uh, police officers, whether it be police shootings, jail custodies, things like that. Uh, but he's still in very involved in, in, in death investigation work. And, of course, he has 20-plus years in the corner of medical examiner management and investigations. And so he's weighed in on this. And then Todd Thorne. Todd Thorne is a supervising criminalist in Wisconsin. In the third largest city in Wisconsin, he is a supervising criminalist. The state, the, the, the crime lab, uh, his team goes out and, and processes crime scenes. Now, he was a law enforcement officer. He's been on the streets. And for the last 17 years, he's actually been a criminalist and a supervising criminalist. Uh, he's been 20 years as a forensic consultant. So not only does he uh, do the work there at his county or his state, uh, uh, city, uh, he also uh, does consulting work otherwise. And so he so he's a criminalist. So so about collecting evidence and processing evidence and how the best of the evidence gets to the lab and how the lab does their work and things like this. So that's a team of professionals. Now we're talking about uh, from California to Wisconsin, Idaho, Missouri, down South. We've got across the country, we've assembled this team. And then we've got some re just some other review personnel that's reviewed the, the exam just as uh, taking the exam, the process of it. And all these questions were vetted by this panel. And they've made some changes, suggested questions, yes and no, up and down. Now we have a 225-question test that this panel feels is the minimum necessary to be a certified medical legal death investigator. And you may say, well, what does that mean? Does that, does that mean that uh, after I'm certified, then um, I can get a job anywhere? Well, what the certification means is, is that you have met the minimum requirements to be a medical legal death investigator. Now, the scope of the of this of this test questions have come from the, uh, the NIJ standard in death investigation, uh, CDC, uh, even from the standards set out by ABMDI. And let me speak into ABMDI for a minute. The American Board of Medical Legal Death Investigators. Um, I have con been in contact with them and the International Association of Coroners and Medical Examiners, and neither one of them at this time uh, wishes to do anything in the entry-level position. ABMDI has a unique position here in that they are the national standard for death investigators, and because of their accreditation that they have, they have to require the investigator to meet certain criteria before they can become registered with the American Board of Medical Legal Death Investigators, ABMDI, which is a national standard, which this program certifies you at a level below that, and we assist you in working towards getting qualified to be on the registry for ABMDI. 
because that is the standard. So, so my goal is to have every investigator in America an ABMDI qualified investigator. And there's, there's controversy out there about, about why, who cares about ABMDI, blah, blah, blah. Well, you, you should care about ABMDI because ABMDI is the national standard for death investigators. But what doesn't exist is something below that. So you have to not only do like a, like a complete 300 points to be able to qualify to take the test, 300 different things that you have to do, you also have to have worked so many hours, so many months in the field. So generally, if someone starts today, it's going to take upwards of two years to get qualified to even set for their exam. Okay, that's fine, but what's below that? Now, here's how I explain this. Now, certainly we're nothing to do with nursing, so don't take my analogy and think that we have something to do with nursing because we don't. But here's how I explain this. In my mind, I see three levels of nursing. There's the LPN stage, there's the RN or registered nurse stage, and then there's a nurse practitioner. Okay, so just follow me. Just just let let me riff on it for a second. So at the registry level for American Board of Medical Legal Death Investigators, that's the RN stage, registered nurse stage. And then you can go uh, after you're in that for a while and complete some other some time and some other education. You can become a fellow with the American Board of Medical. And that is a certified registry. It's a different thing. Okay, so that's a higher level. That's a supervising level. So now that is a nurse practitioner, let's say. But what doesn't exist in the nation is that LPN level. Again, air quotes, LPN level. So you either have to work in the field, be in the field before you can ever become the quote RN level. There's nothing below that. So what we've defined, what we have come up with and designed a certification exam that gives you that air quotes LPN level, which means you can now go to an employer and say, look, I I'm just out of college or, you know, whatever your education is. And I have taken this exam and I've proven that I have the minimum knowledge necessary to be a medical legal death investigator. Now, there are some states that already recognize our training. For instance, the state of Mississippi, if you become a coroner, deputy coroner in the state of Mississippi, um, you you take our training. Right. And there are other states that not only do they push people to our to our training, they also use it for the continuing education. And so we're one of their approved providers of continuing education. And you'll see on the ABMDI website, we're an approved provider of education. We're not associated with them. They just approve our training. Right. They just say, okay, this training meets for continuing education. That's all that is. So before we get any further here, I want to be sure you understand that we are not competing with ABMDI. We are trying to get people pushed to ABMDI. So let's say that you've been working in the field for a while as a coroner or a deputy coroner, and you want to prove that you have the minimum knowledge. That's test is for you. Let's say that you want to run for coroner in your state or your county. Again, this test is for you. Let's say that you are a police officer and you work death investigation, you're a detective or, or want to be a detective. This, this exam is for you. This is for anybody that wants to n- prove that they have the minimum knowledge to be a medical legal death investigator. Based upon, not just based upon what I think it should be, but based upon the, this panel and national standards through NIJ CDC. Okay, so this isn't just something that, that, that we've thrown together. This has been months in working on getting this test put together and vetted correctly.
All right, so then after you take the exam, then you can maintain your certification with us, through us, by keeping up with continuing education in the field of investigation, death investigation, or, or similar, okay? So also, you, you can, we count your certification regardless if it counts somewhere else. So if you're a police officer and you're taking investigative classes, that'll count for that'll count for us, but it'll also count for your police department. So I'm not saying that you have to do 10 hours a year extra. Just if you're if you're in a if you're in a job somewhere anyway, you're doing CEUs, that counts for us. If you're if you're not in a job in law enforcement, in nursing, in coroner work, anywhere else, then you are going to have to probably take some online courses or some classroom courses somewhere every year to at least keep some education going. But just, but again, to keep you as a certified death investigator, you have to keep up with things. We're not going to overburden it, but you do have to do some continuing education. So let me talk about how the testing process works. Uh, number one, the test is given through a third party, and it's a proctored exam. So what does that mean? Uh, you decide, do you want to take this exam? You get everything started on the application side, and then you will set for this, this exam. And what it means by proctored. Well, you will tell us what er, what organization you can take this test at. It could be a library, it could be a college, a university, uh, a testing center, something like that. And and everywhere in the nation, you can find something within just a little bit of a drive time, even if you do live in the rural sticks, that you can take this exam. So uh, let's say that you go to a college; they do have a testing center in most all libraries. And so you tell us who that contact is and where it's at. We will notify them. You, you set this, your appointment up with them. We will notify them of your information, your identification, things like that, and the password of how to get on to take the test. You don't know any of that. So then you arrive at the, at the, at the time that you've agreed to with them, and they will log you into the system, and you will set and take this exam online. So you don't have to be in Missouri. You can be anywhere, but it has to be proctored. And proctored means someone's watching. So, uh, you know, they log you in. They turn the screen to you and say, go, you have three hours. And in three hours, you complete this exam. I don't think anybody will take three hours. But anyway, it's a, it does have a three-hour minimum or maximum. So that's proctored. So what we don't want to do is, you know, I'm not going to give you the code and you sit in your living room and take the exam. That doesn't work. That that doesn't mean you have the knowledge. That means that uh, within the three hours, you were able to Google the answers or to look up in a book. So once you've studied and once you're ready, then you go and you take this so the, it's it's done correctly. And then the other thing is it's given by a third party. We use a company that is a testing company. We do not grade the tests. We have the questions in there. And they're randomized, and you take the test, and it's graded by them, and everything is the notification is from them. It go, they notify us, they notify you. We you'll either pass it or fail it, and there's nothing we can do about that. You know the information, or you don't, right? That's what makes this course certifiable, or this test certified, because we it's been vetted by professionals. It's been it gives by a third party company, testing company, at a proctored location. So you know it or you don't know it. It's not that it's not that we can gauge or we can guide that. Okay, we can't we can't fudge it. We can't cheat for you. You'll either know or you don't know. So so who qualifies to take this test? Well, number one, if you have taken our medical legal death investigator online academy, the death investigation online academy, the forty hour online masterclass, if you've taken that, then you automatically qualify to take this exam. Okay. 
However, if you've not taken that, then you want to apply based upon education and experience. So if you want to take it on education and experience, here's what it is. If you've worked in an investigation or supporting role in the coroner or medical examiner's office, in a law enforcement agency, or any state or federal agency with the primary purpose of investigating death, okay, for at least two years, and you've not left employment in the last six months, so or more than six months. So let's say that you worked at a medical examiner's office and you, you left there for whatever reason three months ago, but you worked there for, for over two years, and then three months ago you left. That's fine. You're, you're good. You don't have to be actively working, but, but, but you have to have been working there within the last six months, and you had to have worked in that field a combination of at least 24 months. Uh, this is going based upon your own education and experience without taking the, the full academy, okay? You have to have a high school diploma or GED. Got to have that either way. Or you, a higher education diploma. So if you can't find your high school diploma, but you have your associate's degree transcript, that's fine. But we just have to know that you have at least a high school diploma or higher. Five year or five years combined experience in a coroner medical examiner's office within the last six months prior to the application date. Okay, so there's several ways that you can, you know, qualify for this based upon experience and education. So if you've been employed for at least five years in a coroner medical examiner and has, has left within the last six months, then you're good. If not, then you do need a combination of at least 24 months and, of course, some, uh, some high, higher education, things like that. So uh, qualifying based upon your experience in education is not hard. But what we don't want is uh, we can't certify you if you're have never if you've never set foot in any training class or in a coroner's office or law enforcement, we can't let you take the exam because that's not certifiable. Now, if you take the online academy, then that means that you have taken the, the, the class, you've taken knowledge, doesn't make you an expert, but you have set and taken 40 plus hours worth of training and you've got all the material that goes with it to help you study. All right. So, if you so if you if you think well I don't I don't want to take that I've been at this five years I don't want to sit for a forty hour online program I've been doing this for five years or maybe a combination of okay that's fine let's challenge a test that's fine we want to have that available to you we we don't want you to take the exam take the online course if you don't need it but if you haven't had any other training or experience you need to at least get the training um, so that's how you qualify based upon education and experience so so that will give you the ability then to not only advance your career, but give you the opportunity to get into this thing. Well, who accepts it? Well, at this point, it is new. I will be honest with you. It is new. So, you know, we're, we do have some states that do accept our training and our testing now, but we are working towards getting more and more states. But, but let me say this. Let's say you're in, I don't care what state you're in, and for, for, for right now, that, that, particular, that particular coroner that you are going to work with doesn't know about our exam. I can, all he has to do is come and look at the certification page, and he will realize how the testing is vetted and, who, and how it comes up. He will accept it as education, Okay. Because, you know, your, your high school diploma, or I'm sorry, your college diploma from a junior college in Missouri, uh, well, what's close to us is East Central College, 
you know, nobody knows who that is outside of Missouri, but because it is a college and you have set for their testing and you've passed and got an associate's degree, they accept the fact that you have associate's degree. Okay. Now I understand that we're not a secondary education company or secondary education, but we, we do have an exam that does meet the qualifications for certification. So I'm not trying to sell you on it. I'm trying to explain to you that this program is something that has never existed before. Okay. We're all new here to this. Someone had to do this and we have taken it, uh, but the lead to doing it. Now the states that we've talked to, the medical examiner's offices that we've talked to, they think this is fantastic. The Again, that's one reason why we put a panel together of multiple people in multiple fields across the country. So it wasn't just Missouri, right? Or it wasn't just California. We wanted people in several states and several disciplines to weigh in on this so that it would be a, a, a nice customized exam for what we're trying to produce. And of course, this is going to improve from here. So let me just, let me close up today. Let me tell you how to find out about this exam. Uh, you can go to ditacademy.org. That's DIT, like Death Investigation Training Academy, ditacademy.org slash certification. Now we'll also have a link in the show notes. We'll also have a link on the Corner Talk podcast, cornertalk.com. That's a podcast site. You can go to any of those, but ditacademy.org slash certification. And you can find out uh, all about how we vetted it, uh, how it's monitored, things like that, how to apply, because there's some things you have to fill out and do and send in for the application process. So, so go there, check that out. If you have any questions, drop me a line, ask me uh, anything you need to ask me. How do we vet this? What do we, how do we do this? How do, at the bottom of that page, most every question you're going to have is at the bottom of that page. Uh, but if not, if you find something else that you need to ask, then certainly uh, send out, uh, contact us, and I'll answer everything I can. So I've given you a lot today. So I uh, talked about the magazine. Of course, that's going to be live in July. Talked about certification exam. It's a brand new thing. I am glad that we've got this out there now. It's been, again, like I said, it's going to be well-received. Talked about membership where you get monthly training dropped into your dashboard, a bunch of extras. Lots and lots of things have been going on in uh, the first six months of 2018. Now we're going to take the last half of 2018 and just build and expand on all of this new stuff that we're providing for you. It's an exciting time, really, not only in, in our studios, but it's an exciting time in the country uh, because regardless of the Democrat, Republican, Hillary, and Donald, and all that mess out there, we still investigate death. And there is still talk out there about how we can become better investigators and how we can become better at the job that we do. Well, it's going to start taking a lot of heat off the, the coroners when there's a national registered exam that you can take that shows you have the minimum qualifications. Now, haters are going to hate, right? But when, when this thing is vetted the way it is, it's going to take a lot of press a lot of uh, steam out of the media and the press saying, well, these people don't have the knowledge that it takes to be an investigator. Yeah, they do. They've proven that they have the knowledge that it takes to be an investigator. So we're excited about that. And I'm most excited that you tune in every week, uh, share your headphones with me and, and take some time to make this whole thing better. Again, let me know if there's anything we can improve. I love you, each and every one of you. I want to do everything I can 
to help you advance your career and working very hard to do that. Uh, like I could say every single week, remember, find a way to bless somebody. This is my way of trying to bless and leave a legacy of significance. I want to leave a legacy of significance in the death investigation community, and this is one way we're doing it. And I want you to find a way to bless somebody as well. And above all, I want you all back next week. So above all, be safe. Thanks for listening to Coroner Talk, a DSPN media production. Visit our website at coronertalk.com. And be sure to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash coroner training. 3617-1024 scene on route to morgue.